episode 145 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I'm Chris Shriver. And I'm Mitchell Saltzman. Yay! IGN's own Mitchell Saltzman. Now, we didn't talk about this before we started, but you and I haven't worked together directly, but we have worked together indirectly. It's funny. I was actually, uh, I was listening back to, I think, the... The second to last podcast that you did, just to you know, to know what okay. I was getting into here, and yeah. I heard you talking about Final Fantasy VII remake, and that yes. you were you were playing against the the Pride and Joy prototype, yes. and I felt so bad because Brian, let me tell you, Casey had been trying to get me to record that boss fight so long, <laughs> and I was just like, I'll get to it, Casey, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And huh? and eventually it got to a point where I'm just like, Casey, this boss is too hard. I got too many other things to do. I can't do this. <laughs> nice. So nice. I'm, I'm sorry that that fell on your plate. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Legit, I beat it three times that day. Yeah. Because the recording screwed up. I, you probably heard about that. But, um, but the thing is, I had already done it for myself. So when I was, I actually uh, messaged her about that. I was like, I mean, I already have Goddard Damarung, which is going to make this fight way easier. But like, I I don't want to use that mm-hmm. because when people are fighting it, they're not going to have it. You yeah. Know, if people are looking for help with that, um, which is the the ultra powerful accessory that you get from the fight, which gives you like tons of limit breaks throughout, which uh-huh. is amazing <laughs> and makes it way way easier. Um, but it wasn't a big deal since I, especially since I had already done it and was like playing through hard mode on my own. I yeah. was just like, yeah, I'll pop in and do it. Yeah, for me, the hard part was uh, the the Bahamut fight going into it yes. and not, not having you know the usual set of resources I would have going into that fight if I was just playing just Bahamut. Yeah, because you'd gear for just Bahamut, which yeah. is almost what you end up doing, um, or at least what I ended up doing. Honestly, the hardest fight in that entire thing for me um, was Shiva. Mm. Like, because she just... Because I don't go in with status protection stuff, and yeah. she can sleep all your characters if you don't dodge it. So she like slept um, Cloud while I was controlling Barrett and a bunch of stuff like that. It was it wasn't hard. It just took forever. Yeah, I was just like, ah, this sucks. <laughs> but anyway, then I got to him and freaking blew him out of the water. <laughs> but yeah, the the Bahamut fight is definitely rough. Yeah. So that was just but, yeah. an example of us kind of sort of working together but not really. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of of something more direct, which I don't know if you remember, but um the history of Broly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do remember so that. So I yeah, so I wrote I wrote uh, a feature on the history of Broly. Now not the new Broly, mm-hmm. but the original Broly yeah. from the movies. Uh, it was like leading up to the theatrical release of Dragon Ball Super Broly. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that and Mitchell did a freaking <laughs> chef kiss uh <laughs> video version of it which was freaking great and i loved i loved the the visual gag you did of when you were talking about the planet vegeta and it was just like the planet with like the his oh, face superimposed yeah, yeah. over oh, it yeah, i was yeah. like yes i very see good. I, that's a holdover from my time d- doing youtube videos i just i have to have a, a video gag in there no matter what i feel like it's it's not really the ign style to do stuff like that but i don't know i, I, I mean I like it. Except for as many puns as you can in like review subheads or yeah. like news articles or whatever. Like other than that, yeah, in videos, yeah, not really. Yeah. But that was keeps good. it interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so we got we got a bunch of stuff that we could talk about. Um 
because Mitchell is here and because he and I have an abiding love for fighting games. Yes. Um, I do want to talk about those, especially because there have been some weird things going on with the fighting game community lately. But we got a couple of things we can talk about. We can talk about what we do in the shadows. We can talk about um, fighting games in the era of COVID. We can talk about... I, I do want to talk about Tetris Attack yes. slash Panel de Pon. Uh, so where do we want to start? Uh... You guys feel feel free to, to lead the the conversation. Chris, whatever you got a you leaning. Want. So I actually just watched, and I don't know what which what we do in the shadows we're referring to, but I, mean, I just watched this week's episode and last week's episode um, before I got on here. Uh, Is it episode nine or episode eight? Eight. I have not okay. watched that episode yet. I'm pro- it's probably going to be the first thing I do after I after I finish this podcast and eat dinner with uh, with my wife. It is. Wait, hold on. Is it, is it the is it the Jim the Vampire episode? No, uh, no, I don't know what that is. That might be the new one. <laughs> oh, um, I just last one it, like... I just watched had a it 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 focused a lot around familiars. I'll say that. Oh, I don't know that I've I don't seen think that I've one. seen that one. Okay, okay, that might be the most recent one. Then did that one literally um, just come out like today? It may have. Yeah, okay. we watch it then on I Hulu seen every that... week. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. Um, not nearly as good as uh, the Mark Hamill episode. Was oh, like, that one was so was, good. That was yeah. the, so uh, freaking good. The Laszlo episode, right? Oh, yes. What was his alter ego's name again? It was like Johnny Daytona. Was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jackie Daytona. <laughs> Jackie Daytona. Yeah. Jackie, Jackie Daytona, Daytona was so good. And the fact that it followed right on the heels of the freaking Colin episode yeah. that I was talking to Mitchell about. Like, God. Yeah. This it's show, awesome. I I do, I I love what it you know what it is right now and what they managed to do with it. I do like worry about where it can go and how long it can go on for. Like I feel like, and maybe it's just because it is so similar to The Office. Like, you know, four or five seasons in, it's like great. Like Parks and Rec ended at a very good point where, like, they didn't overstay mm-hmm. their welcome, and like I fear that they may like FX may try to get to them to do that with this show, but I feel like Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement like are smart enough to know like, all right, we've, we've pretty much bled this dry. No pun intended, but yeah, they, wow. they definitely have to, they're definitely going to have, are going to have to find another hook out, uh, outside of Guillermo as a, a secret vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I was really curious. Like, I thought that was such a great, like, it's not really a cliffhanger, but it is kind of a tease for season two, like that they did at the end of season one. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they've done pretty good stuff with it so far, but I it's just a lot of moments much... where like something happens and they like, they, you know, they pan to the camera or like one character and they're just kind of like, <laughs> and then, you know, you look at the person you're watching it with, like, what does that mean? Is that is that going to come back? Like, is that a thing? Um, I mean, and now that Nandor knows, he he doesn't know, like, that yeah, he's he's, like, he's onto from, it a little bit, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I mean, love like, maybe, I love even what, Guillermo you know. is like leaning into it because he's like, well, maybe they aren't treating me very well. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that sort of a thing. Like, uh, but I I don't know. I don't know. I I for me, I watch it for Colin. Mm. Colin's bits are always the best. Yeah. I think like he's, he's doing, 
He's like messing with people online to drain their energy remote. Like it's so freaking good. Like I love it. <laughs> yeah. And Mitchell actually told me a theory that he had that I thought was really good. Uh, it, um, it wasn't even so much a theory. It was just it was something I thought when I was my first started watching the show because oh, just like impressions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at you look at Colin and. You know, he's just this normal-looking dude, and so when, when, like, in the first couple episodes, until he had that that episode where he went into the office and you got to see his office life, and he had that thing with the other EV, uh, I was convinced that Colin was just a normal person who was really boring, and just he was so boring <laughs> that the vampires actually thought that he was stealing their energy because he was putting them to sleep. <laughs> that and I was just like, would have been man. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like, really, as soon as he said that, I was like, man, that is just like Stu. Like, he's just a normal dude from the movie yep. yeah. everybody hangs out with because he's cool. <laughs> God, and that reminds me of, of a, like, a behind-the-scenes story that I heard. I forget where, but it was that um, when when Stu, when Stu's character in the, the movie What We Do in the Shadows was explaining his job to someone as, like, a bit, was explaining his job to like a girl at a party. Oh, or it's at the like end. That. Yeah, at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like nobody's interested in it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's his. That's that guy is not an actor. That's really what he does. <laughs> and after they cut, she she like kind of leaned over and laughed at him. Was like, oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> and i think that's the freaking greatest i think one i love that so much one of the most brilliant things about that show and one of the things that sets it apart and the movie too is that so much of it is improvised and yeah they're, they're just they're just so good at it um i i legitimately i don't know how i didn't know that i did not know that oh yeah, yeah. a and lot I, of it is improv- i couldn't tell improvised they have like a start point and end point and then the rest is they're just like these are the main so it's like curb go yeah but uh what was it thor ragnarok was a similar way where they were like okay we have these certain plot elements and certain you know lines of dialogue that you need to hit but this is the premise of the scene how would this character you know yeah it's it's almost like a tighty white style thing that yeah you know, that that's how he, that's how you get that very natural sounding dialogue from a lot of his scenes i mean it is working for him yeah <laughs> so keep it up mm-hmm. like that's freaking awesome and fun fact and- there uh before we hop off there's a new show on netflix called the great the great flower fight or something like that but it's a it's like a baking show but they make these giant uh flower sculptures and like if you have a a crazy looking tv it's like one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen but one of the hosts on it is the girl that plays nadia oh like she constantly yeah she and she constantly has these like little like quips like it's almost like watching the show but not because it's like she looks like huh. a normal person. It's super weird, but it's a good show. <laughs> that is if you're weird. into that like wholesome TV. Cool. I mean, sure, why not? I think we could use a little bit of wholesome TV right now. Yeah. <laughs> more more wholesomeness in our life would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk. I mean, one last note before we move on. Did anybody else think that it was a really bad idea for them to make this a show? Like, um, not no. that I didn't have like, faith in them. At the not start, that I didn't have faith in them. But usually, like when f- comedy films are adapted into TV shows, it's awful. Yeah, my and my concern going into this show was that I would constantly compare the the TV characters to the movie characters and do that mm-hmm. unfavorably. But yeah. I mean, 
they've knocked it out of the park. I love yeah. I love the vampires in the TV series. I, Nan- so Nandor good. is like my favorite character. Um, <laughs> he's just this ultra powerful wimp, <laughs> and it's such a good it's such a good dynamic. It was yeah, and I think that it's really funny because. Their personalities come out and become even more pronounced in the ghost episode, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they've got the whole horse scene and then obviously like Nadia's problem, which is basically just everyone else. Uh, and then just Laszlo is over-sexualized as always, which is why he's my favorite character. I, I think Laszlo is hilarious. Mm-hmm. The whole Jackie Daytona thing was ridiculous, too. Yeah, I've done so. I've done one D and D campaign like proper in my life, and I made uh, I made my character named Drake Laszlo, and I only <laughs> talked like him the entire time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's it was awesome. it was fun. Okay, Chris, you played a couple of rounds. Was it today? Today. It was it was literally like minutes before you messaged me. And that like I started uh. la- I felt bad. I started laughing. So Mitch, context of this. Yeah. Um we used to play when Dragon Ball Fighters dropped, we used to play like a ridiculous amount of it together. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. And like to the point where Brian couldn't deal with the lag that he flew out to Philadelphia so that we could play <laughs> together. And what? <laughs> that's not really why but okay. that's not really why <laughs> yeah. that was a fringe benefit to coming to visit my friend got but it th- the whole time he was here he was like so we should play dragon ball right and i was like yeah come down you're in philadelphia let's walk around a little bit yeah um which i'm glad i did i tried my first cheesesteak i saw the liberty bell you know yep it was great but so but also dragon ball but also dragon ball so like i haven't been keeping up with it um as much as he has clearly yeah. Um, I've played so it like, almost every day yeah, since like it came out. A DLC character will drop, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I like kind of like eh, go back to doing what I'm doing. Well, he messaged me today, and, and he keeps he kept asking for this episode. Like, we should play together. Like, you got to, you know, give me your impressions <laughs> of Goku and blah, blah, blah. And I started playing today, and it's probably been like nine months. And I was just like, I'm dropping combos, and I'm just like, like I know what the buttons do, but like it's just gone. Like I, I feel you. I, I need more time than like a half hour to get it back. Yeah, and Dragon, I like, I Dragon just, Ball I Fighters. Wanna... Dragon Ball Fighters is not like riding a bicycle. It, it absolutely not. It is one of those games where if you stop playing for even, I've, I feel like even a week, uh, you're, you're losing you're losing that muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. I can tell though. I can tell Goku's got that. Oh, he's good. Ultra Instinct Goku. He's got that potential. He's really good. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Is he is yeah. he on the same level as like? GT Goku in terms of like how how good he is immediately as as far as so general consensus from the fighting game community is he's very good yeah don't know if he's broken but in the same way that GT Goku did he kind of addresses the meta Mm. Um, so like in the same way that like GT assist just like by itself is like hey people like to jump up in a way to avoid you know uh, getting caught and losing neutral mm-hmm. uh, and the freaking go to uh, GT Goku beam is just a way to like bypass that. And like, it's just going to drag you all the way down. You uh, ultra instinct. Goku has stuff that just instantly beats key blasts. He has frame four counters. He's got a frame one uh, counter super. Um, that's a level one <laughs> unlike coolers level three. Yeah. And he's got a level three, that instantly tracks 
uh, when you um, DHC into it from anywhere on the screen, no matter how high in the air you are. Oh, geez. So you can put that um, with anyone. He's got a yeah, he's got a stick. Like, you can literally do Kid Boo super, knock them all the way up in the air, and then switch to UI Goku level three, and it still hits. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's got um, he's got stances that you can use to bypass beams, like beam property moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's he's good. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's got he's got a few things that keep him from being like super overpowered. Like he's got a seven frame jab. He's got kind of slow ish normals. He's not as bad as Gogeta because he has like pretty good frame data and a lot of his stuff a lot of his enders um leave him like out of range for people to like punish him Mm -hmm. which is always good um he's got he's just got a lot of stuff he's got a lot of tools he's a lot of fun do you like him a lot do you think that this character pack is going to be the last one for for fighters god i hope not i feel like it should be i feel like it it should be too yeah it could be um, I, we've, we still don't know who the other people are. There was like a, a supposed leak um, back who was saying that like Omega Shenron was going to be one of the remaining characters. Mm-hmm. But this pa- this fighter's pack is only five as opposed to the six in each of the previous um, packs. Mm-hmm. But the first two characters are good. Keflin's good. UI Goku is good. Um, I mean, UI Goku is like extremely good. Yeah. Um, I like I I don't. As much as, like, I would love to see certain characters in it, like, of course, everybody's always memeing about, like, oh, I want to see Bulma in a mech added to the game. Like, I want to see Master Roshi, Mr. Satan, like, you know, all I these. I feel like Roshi has to be one. Like, if you can get him and Mr. Satan in um, before they round everything out. Like, they're, I was looking at the roster today, and I was like, as far as, like, pinnacle Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball characters go... Like, unless you start dipping into, like, okay, this one person in a certain tournament um, is in the game. Like, you're really starting to run out of... I mean, they added Janemba to the game. Yeah, that was was crazy. I was not expecting that. I I would say, like, if if Janemba can make it, like, maybe PyCon or something. Yeah, (laughs) PyCon, a lot of people want Majin Vegeta. A lot of people want Baby. Like, a lot of... Like, the only character from from uh gt that i would want would be baby yeah um because like that could be really interesting like what what if you could possess your enemies like you know what would that do Mm -hmm. we we know that that uh arxis is is willing to embrace like unusual system mechanics for the sake of staying true to the story like ginyu can body swap Mm -hmm. yeah you know why couldn't baby do it you know, or something like that. Um, I don't really care anything about Omega Shenron. I really didn't like GT. Um, I thought the baby saga was really good, but everything else I didn't really like at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of um, the general consensus of that yeah. series though. Yeah, I feel like generally I, I some people much. really do like the, the shadow dragon saga. Some people really like it. Um, so there's rumors that it's going to be like master Roshi, Omega Shenron, and then, whoever yeah uh, i think majin vegeta would be cool although i i don't i mean i say we don't need another vegeta but like how many we've already Goku's got do you have we've already got three and we've got six gokus mm-hmm. something like that it's insane some people count bardock as like half goku which i mean they're not wrong yeah <laughs> he's my boy so i love this game but a lot of people in the fighting game community even pro dragon ball players like to kill sage and some others have abandoned it for now 
when there are not like actual physical tournaments mm -hmm. because the net code isn't great. Yeah. Um, because of that, a lot of people have been switching to games like Skullgirls or returning to um, games like Killer Instinct or, or things like that. Herds. that have, yeah, them's fighting herds <laughs> that have like really good netcode or like rollback netcode, GGPO, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting to see people really flock back to these to these games um, instead of playing other things, um, especially because um, some of these games are like not nearly as popular, especially if you look at like Evo. Oh, sp and speaking of that, netcode in something being so bad that Evo switching to online, they're not going to have Smash Ultimate in mm -hmm. it anymore. Uh, and them's fighting herds is going to be in there instead. That <laughs> or is, not instead, but like in a side tournament, that sort of thing. That is so crazy. It's funny because I, I did the review for them's fighting herds, and there's just a bunch of yeah. comments that are like, "Smash got knocked out for this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, which, watch a video of it. Like it looks good. Like I haven't played it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm you know. No, I, I don't. I honestly don't know how you could look at the gameplay of someone competent playing them's fighting herds and not think that looks cool. If you like fighting yeah. games and you look at someone playing the game who's good at it, I, I don't know how you can think it doesn't look it doesn't look fun, doesn't look cool. Um, I saw like a like a fifteen second stretch of a clip and I was like, I don't know if I'm good enough to play this game. Oh, it, <laughs> trust me, if you can play Dragon Ball Fighters, you can play them's fighting hurts. Okay. The, it, the the timing windows on the, on the combos are very easy and there's a good logic oh, nice. to to everything. So like everyone. So they they. They lean into the the fact that like people might be attracted to this that aren't attracted to like ultra technical stuff. Yeah, and you know I, I don't want to say that it's it's you know the easiest fighting game in the world to play because sure. you know I I definitely like there's no auto combos. It's it is still you know geared towards towards fighting. Yeah, game. Dragon Ball might be the easiest game to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but but Dragon Ball has a lot beyond the the auto combos yeah. and stuff like that. Obviously, it's it's very. Yeah tied into assists and like for me uh, like tag fighting games are, are some of the hardest fighting games to play because i just can't wrap my brain around assists i don't know how yeah. to like craft a good team that synergizes well with you know all the different assist op options they can do um, this is that's that was legit one of my biggest hurdles to this game mm -hmm. that was, was like one of the things that made you like like when you and i were like neck and neck for a while uh, or we were neck and neck for a while. As soon as you yeah. started to like really figure out who complimented who with assists, like I was done. I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was, like, it was. Yeah, it was really imposing. Yeah, yeah, for me, like I I used Vegeta assist because it was the easiest one to to really wrap my brain around, and I just yep. kind yeah. of I I almost felt handicapped by it because I'm like I can't give him up. <laughs> I don't know what else yeah. to do if I don't have my Vegeta assist. I mean, yeah. that was the meta for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. All of season one, everybody did Vegeta, and still, yep. even in like he's still good now. Like I play him, yeah, you know, yeah. Like right, right now, my team is, and it, I, I switched around. I have a shell that I love, and then I kind of switch around a third character. But right now, I play Bardock, Super Broly, and Super Saiyan Vegeta, mm -hmm. and I love it. Like it's a super fun team. I was playing Kid Buu for a while. Um, You've been all over. And, like, what's that? You've been all over. Like. It's true. Like it's every, true. every week, you'd be like, "All right, I got my new team. I figured it out." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> you know, last season, like, I mean, for the for the majority of season two, I played Teen Gohan, Goku GT, and Super Saiyan Vegeta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Vegeta's been on my team for a while. 
Bardock's been on my team, and then I replaced him with Teen Gohan because Gohan's my favorite character from the show. Yeah. But yeah, like it, that was this is my first uh, team game that I've actually played seriously. Like I, I dabbled in um, like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three just when I was over at my friend's house in Austin or something. Um, what? That's the that's the game that like Jess and I fell in love to. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. When we were uh, we were in college, a buddy of mine like his 360. Um, we would all crowd into his uh, common room, and there would be like nine of us in the room that was like, you know, eight by eight or whatever. And uh, that's too many people just, in that room. Too, way too many people in that room, drinking way too much stuff we shouldn't have been drinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she she just she got me with the air combos all the time, and that's when I knew I was just like. Mm. She's like, yeah. She will be mine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, as as somebody who is even, like, who is more of a fighting game connoisseur and expert than I am, like, what do you think about these crazy developments? Like, what do you think about this whole... And I don't know if you saw, but um, uh, somebody just put out a petition on change.org to add rollback netcode to Dragon Ball. I don't know if it works like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it yeah, does. It's a lot easier like, said than done. <laughs> but, you know, Guilty Gear Strive, uh, yeah. whose beta you know, we both took part in, like, is, like, the beta didn't have it, but the full game release is going to have it, mm-hmm. um, which means that Arc System Works is aware of it. Um, so a lot of people are like, well, if they don't if they don't find a way to, like, fix the netcode in this one, maybe Dragon Ball Fighters 2 could have it, mm-hmm. which I think would be great. Um but like, just what? What are your thoughts about all this? It's it's an interesting problem because it's honestly it's something that really only affects the most hardcore of hardcore fighting game fans and like you know the the vocal minority, so to speak. Um, mm. That said, I still think it's a it's a hugely important issue for games to to work on because that vocal that vocal minority are the lifeblood of your game. Like they are the yeah. ones that are are com- campaigning it after. You know, after everyone else has dropped off, uh, they're the ones that are buying the DLC packs. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I think it's definitely something that the the Arcsys team needs to seriously look at, and just it's mostly just a, J- a Japan only problem these days. Like most uh, most U.S. developed fighting games have rollback netcode. Um, mm. You know, Mortal Kombat's got it, Killer Instinct's got it. Uh, there's a couple of indie fighting games that have it. Uh, them's fighting herds, Skull obviously. Has it. Skullgirls has it. Uh, uh, Fancy Strike has it. So it's it's really just the the Arxis games, uh, some of the Capcom games, and Street Fighter Five is trying rollback. It's just a very bad implementation of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I I I hope this next generation of fighting games smartens up to it. Um, and sees that it's not just like, it's a larger problem than, than what it seems because, you know, you look at, you look at the majority of people who are buying your game and you know, you, you say to yourself, Oh, they're not really going to care about it. So, you know, it's, it's not a super huge priority for us, but it should be, it should be because the, the small, the smaller group that does care about it are the ones that are keeping your game alive. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. I do think it's great that uh killer instinct is getting another chance in this you know current climate um because that's a really cool game and i've i've thought about picking it back up but man 
Killer Instinct is a hard game to get into. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got it's, a curve, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, that and um, uh, Skullgirls is like always on sale on Steam. So I actually picked it up. It was like five bucks for the full game and all the DLC and all that sort of stuff. So I, I picked up a copy of that, hopped into training, and man, that game is like totally inscrutable to me. Yeah, it's tough. Like, Skullgirl, I, I've tried at least three times to get into Skullgirls. And I love, God, I love everything about that game. I love the look of it. I love the the, the spectacle, art, cartoony art. Yeah, the it's art. Great. Oh, it's so good. I love, I love the voice acting. Like even the voice acting is really good in that game. It's surprising yeah. for like a small indie game. Um, but the characters just haven't really gelled with my with my playstyle. Um, some of them feel too complex. Others, uh, just maybe, maybe if I jump back into it now after like playing all these other fighting games and getting a better understanding of how combos work, uh, I might I might be better at it. Because mm. I feel like I've I've evolved as a fighting game player over the years. When I first started playing fighting games, I would like try to memorize combos and I would just like look at long strings and try to like fade into my brain and just, you know, do do the muscle memory thing. As I've, you know, progressed as a fighting game player and learned more about them, now I start to to break it up into, okay, this is like this is this move. This is what this move is used for. I'm like, okay, well, if I follow this with this, then you know I can launch him into the air and then do this basic combo. So it's like I, I segmented into my brain a little bit better than I I had in the past. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think like like I don't know why it's like melt. I think it's just because I spent so many hours doing it. Um, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, which is not a very good game. Yeah. Um, the uh, like the training mode that it had in there where it was memorizing like every single, uh, move set, mm-hmm. um, and every single, you know, like button combination that you had to put in. Um, I spent so much time trying to get that down mm-hmm. and it just like never clicked for me. But, um, no, to that point, like, I think if you're trying to get, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority. If you're trying to get somebody into, um, that, that world of just that style of game, like, I feel like fighters does a very good job at okay you you don't you may be able to go in here and just button mash and auto combo and whatever um but once you start to understand the why of like and, and the when of when to use those moves um that's when you really start to pick up on okay now I can now I have a better time memorizing and where these moves make sense instead of just like oh yeah just make sure that they're a foot away from you and then hit 30 buttons and you'll be fine. Yeah. Hmm. But like fighters is a good example of what I was talking about, because if I looked at that, when I first started playing fighting games, I would look at a combo and like, okay, down medium, medium, you know, jump light, light, et cetera, et cetera. But then you start to realize like most people, most characters have a down medium, medium starter. And then, you know, you can kind of just see what works from there. So for me, it's about like understanding what works rather than, trying to fit all these inputs into your brain and just, you know, com- like pray it out like a machine. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really like how, I really like how fighters does that. And I really like how, uh, other games kind of have a, a easy to understand combo logic as opposed to just, you know, memorizing, you know, lots of weird inputs. I think it's been really cool to see because it, like over the history of like fighting game development, um, there have been, I don't think there have ever been as many different types of fighting games as there are now. Um, 
which I mean, you could say is true of like any genre of video games, but like, you know, very early on, it was like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And then it was like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct. And then it was, you know, then you add all these other ones. And now we've got, you know, super cartoony team, you know, team based games. You've got things like freaking um, uh, what is it like jump kick? What was that? Dive kick. It's like dive kick. Dive kick. Dive kick. Yeah. Literally a two button game. Yeah. Uh, two button fighting game. You got things like Smash Brothers. You you know which like I mean people argue that it's not a fighting game or whatever. It like, is. Whatever. It is. <laughs> you know, then, you, then you got then you got like arena fighting games. Yeah. You know like My Hero and One Punch Man and you know uh, the Naruto games. Mm-hmm. All this sort of stuff. It's really crazy. Um. Yeah. I I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, Mitch about like just like understanding like, segmenting your knowledge and these sorts of things because like right now it's like I've got all these combos down mm-hmm. like I know how to do a TOD with Goku GT from like three different places <laughs> like that's great yeah um, you know I can burn spark and then just freaking kill you if I've got four meters I don't need spark you know <laughs> um, but now it's like it's like now I'm trying to wrap my mind around like the deeper level which is like setups mm. and mix ups and like layered options and rps with different characters like kid boo and things like that and it's like it's like galaxy brain i'm just like i'm not ready for this here we go (laughs) yeah um but that's kind of it's so awesome to see games of any genre be um easy to pick up and have just a just an incredible amount of depth if you want to go deeper Mm -hmm. it's like downwell if you want to go deeper just keep going yeah like there's always more there's always money in the banana stand, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. And I think that, I think that the main thing that even made this kind of stick out to me, because like I was going to play this game online anyway, you know, obviously I'd like to play it locally because no latency is better than any latency at all. Um, but I think that the interesting thing is what people are doing with online tournaments. Cause people are Twitch streaming tournaments. People are, you know, doing this sort of thing. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see like to get used to seeing these tournaments with regularity with these big names and seeing, you know, these incredibly like emotionally resonant moments, you know, like, like Goichi and Sonic Fox at Evo Mm -hmm. or, you know, like Tachikawa making it into world finals, you know, being in 11th or like 11th place or something like that. Like just being one place below where he needed to get to get into world finals and finally make it in pools. Yeah. And like just breaking down and like this, like it, there's something addictive about like watching this. Like I've never been into sports, but this is the first thing that I'm like, there's a major on babe. Like I'm watching it. Like, that's what's going to happen. Like I'll do whatever it needs to happen before that. But as soon as the freaking first match starts, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and to, and to see the stark difference when the only option is online to be, well, we're going to shift to another game that has good online. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of under underscoring this, you know, three times. Um, so I do. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do agree. Ho- I mean, this next generation is 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 leaning into with Xbox Series X and PS5 is leaning into fast loading times, like reducing inconveniences. And hopefully with that, we'll also get like better online services and things like that. Um I mean, I think they well. have to, or else they just they're not going to survive. Like, I I feel like DBZ, like the it's the nail in the coffin. Them not being at Evo is the nail in the coffin. Like, the, it almost like 
you know, to Mitch's point earlier, like your hardcore fan base is the thing that is going to drive people to stay with your game. And yeah. if the netcode's banned and if it's not at Evo, there's a good chance people are going to drop off and they're probably not going to come back. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, at the end of a console generation. Yeah, especially because, like, you know, like what Mitch was saying earlier, like, unless a situation like this arises, there's not really a reason for them to go back. Exactly. Like, to Killer Instinct or something like that. Like, that's a free-to-play game that's great. You can pick it up whenever you want. But, like, Last of Us 2 is about to come out. Like, we got Persona 5 Royal. Very, very got, different game, but yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got, you know, we got Civ 6 for free and Grand Theft Auto 5 for free on PC. Like, well, that's the why thing. do there's I need a, to go back general, and play these older games? There's no shortage of just either yeah. free content or if you're you know if you're on twitch prime or any of that like or places go play Plus. Fortnite. <laughs> yeah like there's there's just so much you know available to you at this point yeah. um you know and and any any achilles heel that you're gonna have um if you're not able to address it or not willing to then you're gonna fall by the wayside but that that goes for any game not just yeah fighters okay so i've been playing a couple other things but what have you guys been playing Oh, what have I been playing? Uh, I've been playing. Well, I had to. I had to uninstall it because I needed to download Mortal Kombat 11 on my PC. But uh, before <laughs> that, uh, by the way, Mortal Kombat 11 is like 80 gigs on PC, which is ridiculous. Um, it looks that game looks so unbelievably good, and it really I like. Never more than this moment have I wished that I loved Mortal Kombat. (laughs) I wish I loved that game because NetherRealm just seems to be crushing it nowadays. Yeah, it does. It looks amazing and it runs amazing too on on PC. Like uh, it's go even going back to to it on the Xbox One X. It's night and day. Um, Really? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so, so what I was saying was before that, uh, I was playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, not Odyssey, Origins. I uh, went back nice. to Assassin's Creed Origins, which is a game that I, I, I tweeted about this. I swore that I only played about six hours of Assassin's Creed Origins and then I, I dropped off of it. <laughs> but I, I recently g- uh, got back into it and I'm like 19 hours in, I'm still remembering stuff from my first playthrough. So I, apparently I awesome. wow. played a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins uh, before I this. I am going to laugh so hard if you beat the game and you're like, yeah, I remember this. I remember everything. How did I not remember being this game? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure I'm at the, the tail end of, of the stuff that I remember. Um, but yeah, I, we'll I, see. I really like Assassin's Creed Origins. I think it's got the, the best uh, Assassin's Creed protagonist in, in Bayek. Uh, Mike is my is my absolute favorite assassin. Yeah, I really really like uh, the relationship between him and uh, Anna. Uh, yeah, I just think that's like one of the the coolest you know, video game couples in yeah. all video games. Um, Agreed. And yeah, I, I I I'm torn on the the new direction of Assassin's Creed. Like I love I love that it's it's more open. I like the Witcher aspect of it. Um, but at the same time, I looked. I look back on some of those like, like Assassin's Creed Two era, like the 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 trio of Assassin's Creed Two games, yeah. and man, those those games had such a cool way of making you feel like a badass assassin. Like in Brotherhood, when you're able to just you know point and you have your dudes just like you know fall Swim, on them and, yeah. and just stab everyone, and the ways you can create distractions. Um, and, and you'll make your way through a crowd to get to your target. Uh, I yeah. feel like 
the newer Assassin's Creed games have lost that feeling of making you making you an assassin, and it's kind of just turned into this. All right, there's my target. I'm just gonna run on the rooftops, drop down, stab him, then get out of there. <laughs> yeah, you're almost like a gladiator or something who's good at sneaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was Which, that like, was as 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 like a Dark Souls fan when when they first when the first like battle combat scenario in uh origins came up i was like oh yeah oh interesting <laughs> oh that's not bad you know but it, it is still very different but it was just like oh this is what we're doing because this is not assassin's creed yeah or what it's become something not else. what it has been yeah. yeah yeah and and it's it's interesting because i was one of those people that was like oh man assassin's creed needs to do something different but I think what it was, was I was playing an Assassin's Creed game every year for the last, like, eight years. And, I was just and like, they I, all took place in Italy. <laughs> and not, not only that, but they all, had, they all controlled very – they all had, like, a very similar combat style where, you know, you just block and then you stab, you block, you stab, you block, you stab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is – it gets old. It gets old. Um, but at the same time, outside of that basic combat system, there was a lot of really cool things that the original Assassin's Creed games did, mainly yeah. in like the split between stealth and, and action. And I wish I wish uh, they were able to find that balance again, which is yeah. it's and it's gonna be hard because now they've moved on to this this Witcher style where all these enemies are it's all level based and gear based, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so, people seem to love it. Like yeah, it, but I'm I'm totally yep. with you. Like when when Origins came out, I mean, Brian probably remembers. I ripped that game apart. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I was yep. not a fan of that game because I was because I was singing that game's praises, and he's like, and, and he's I, like, I, I was tried on the it. fence. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, Brian finally convinced me. But I think you know what what you brought up is probably why I didn't like it. Is that. Mm-hmm. You know, you expect that there's always going to be that verticality to it where you are climbing these buildings and things. And you boot up Assassin's Creed Origins and, like, the first... I mean, it's a desert. (laughs) Yeah, I think I tried it for two hours and I was like, everything is a flat plane. Where am I supposed to go? (laughs) And uh, it's just, it didn't feel like it was the same. I mean, it's not. You know, the games, the series has moved on, but... um, I also was, was very. Thing. That was when I was strapped for time for playing games. Too, yeah, so that really that was why that was why I dropped it in the first place. It was just it, it was too massive. It was like yep. a little overwhelming in terms of you know yeah. all the stuff I had to do. But yeah, like and, and I don't want to like make people think that I, I don't like Assassin's Creed Origins. I do like it. It's just I wish it found this balance of the new and the old um, because I feel like there's a lot of really cool Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed stuff that was left behind in the transition from, yeah. you know, old Assassin's Creed to Origins, Odyssey, and I'm I'm yeah. assuming Valhalla. Yeah. I mean, even I, just like, like, remember that feeling of like the first time you saw like an E3 demo or like somebody playing the first Assassin's Creed or even the second one where like they are, they're like moving you know, through the crowd. Yeah, they're like, moving is, through the crowd and, and, you know, you had the hidden blade and all that stuff. Like it, it was just, it was such a unique thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was a revelation when he got the double hidden blades. It was yes, like, my it was such God, a big deal. I can do anything. An yeah. Assassin's Creed revelation. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> but yeah, that that is an excellent point. And and although I did really, the the only thing that I didn't like in the old Assassin's uh, Creed games was the combat. So mm-hmm. when they shifted over um, to Origins, I was like, okay, like. I like the combat more now because it feels like it 
demands more of me. Like it, it, it's more engaging than like the, oh, I'm going to bash away at your sword until you take three squares of damage and then I'll finally be able to stab you in the throat. Yeah. You know, and, and this is more, um, I don't want to say immersive because it's, it's, you have to react to it more. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're, it's, you're it's more, the... it's more feedback intensive. Um, but I do think that, like you said, in, in the kind of open worldification of this franchise, they've actually left behind even more of what I loved about Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. Um, because now like, like I loved Prince of Persia. Yeah, me too. Like Sands of Time, I my favorite for the longest time was Warrior Within because mm. it improved on the combat. Yeah. Uh and the platforming was still awesome. Uh and it had an edgy story and it hit me just at the right time in my adolescence. <laughs> See, I think for me it was um, it was probably the opposite cuz I I loved the the Warrior Within combat and all that stuff, but it was a little too edgy. Okay. <laughs> a little too, too, too edgy my chem for, for you. Yeah. yeah. It was too much <laughs> of like a whiplash coming from uh you know Sands of time. It really is. Yeah. It really is. But I loved the idea. Like even the premise is like he is sleep deprived because the Dahaka is chasing him down, trying to murder him mm-hmm. to to fix what went wrong with the timeline. And I'm just like, ooh, that gets me. Like time stuff just gets me. Like I love it. <laughs> but and the, you know, and and even even the reboot, um, you know, the cell shaded reboot, mm-hmm. it had great character moments. It had great. Um, you know, platforming. It had, I think, the best platforming that the series has ever seen. Mm-hmm. But the combat was not good at all. Yeah. I didn't think. Yeah. Um, didn't that game have like a terrible ending? Wasn't that like the one thing? Didn't it was have an for? ending. You had to get the DLC. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, there was something with that. I remember that. It 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 kind of had an ending, but it didn't really have an ending. Yeah. Did it'd be like if it'd be like if if Halo Three was DLC for Halo Two. Oh boy, <laughs> that's oh, about what be, it's like. That's very bad. <laughs> Did you see the the footage of the uh, Ubisoft Montreal canceled Prince of Persia game? I did. Yes, I did. Oh, oh and it looked so that, good. And they said it was sitting on YouTube for like eight years or something, and nobody saw it. I didn't know that. I, I didn't thought, know that I either. Like Nibelian or, or whatever that guy's you know, Twitter yeah, handle. Yeah, Nibble. Um, yeah, Nibble. Um, he, uh, I thought he said, yeah, somebody had uploaded it and it was like, just nobody's, nobody's looked at it ever. That's fascinating. Somebody did and all of a sudden it blew up. Huh. God, that looked so good. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame. I mean, yeah, I'd love to know. And like Forgotten know. Sands was good. Like it's, there's nothing, I, personally, I'm, I may be being hyperbolic and correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with Prince of Persia. Like I love it. No, I think like, all the you know, the Prince of Persia games have you know strong points about them. Warrior Within is probably my least favorite, but even then, like you said, like it it's got great combat. Uh, all the great stuff from the first game is is alive and well in it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I I don't know what what it is about Prince of Persia that makes them so reluctant to to bring it back. It might just be uh, soft sales. sales. I mean, we know Assassin's Creed sells better. Yeah, of which course. is probably why they're like. Let's just do this. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we saw it, them try to bring it back this gen, though. Like, they're, Ubisoft's in a spot where they, they've kind of nailed that, like, games as a service um, situation in terms of, like, their... I feel like their multiplayer is, like, their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Rainbow Six and... Like, they... If, I don't think they have any shortage of franchises that are bringing in money for them. That's fair. And I just kind of thought... I mean... 
having Assassin's Creed be more open world and focus less on traversal and more on combat and become more like, you know, God of War, the new God of War or something actually does create a pretty good opening for a kind of like a linear action platformer like like a linear action platformer like Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. Plus Naughty Dog's like, done with Uncharted, so like <laughs> So like <laughs> who's not? gonna do it? Yeah. You know. God, I really want it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I know that they scrapped that project, but like God, I just want that game. It looked so cool. Ubisoft is sitting on two franchises right now that just could be so huge in terms of revitalizing genres, and that's Splinter Cell, and it would oh, be yes. uh, Prince of Persia. Yeah, can you Splinter- imagine a Splinter Cell game in Unreal Five? Oof. Like, can you stop it? Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that like, would be awesome. That would be, yeah. God. What a franchise. Ubisoft, you can take that one for free. <laughs> just <laughs> just do it. Take both of them. Prince of Persia and Unreal 5. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. But yeah. Oh, that's so good. So and, and it, so, uh, it's, it's funny that you bring up Assassin's Creed Origins because I'm about to start playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the first time. Cool. Uh, I played it um, on the in the like trial or like the, 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 the beta form of stadia. I played it in a browser, uh, back for that promotion that, that Google was doing where they're just like, Hey, play at least one hour of this thing, you know, remotely through your browser and we'll just give you a free copy of the game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And I, like I enjoyed, I think I played like two or three hours. You uh, drive a tough bargain. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were, they were trying to see if it would actually work and it did. It worked really well. Um, I'm not going to get one, but, uh, <laughs> but like the fact that I like have it and I, I really did enjoy origins, um, back then. And I haven't, I haven't really watched anything. Surprisingly, I've been able to avoid all the footage of Valhalla. Um, but I've been meaning to get back to Odyssey with so many people talking so much sugar about it. Um, and like, I'm basically, basically as soon as I finish persona five Royal, that's probably what I'm going to start next. Um, I mean, that's another, like, Odyssey, not Royal, but isn't Assassin's Creed Odyssey like another like 60, 70 hour game? Yeah. Let me look up our favorite website. How long to beat at least at least 30 or 40, I think. Wow. And that's like for straight mainline. uh, That'll be that'll be that's no after after Persona 5 Royals brisk 130 hours. (laughs) I love Persona 5, but I cannot for the life of me understand how how people who have beaten Persona 5 are so eager to jump back in and du- and dump another 100-something hours into that game. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. Chris remembers. I bounced off of it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I bounced off of it, and then I, I was... I'm in, like, Chapter 14. Mm, excuse me. I'm in, like, Chapter 14 of Final Fantasy VII Remake Hard Mode, mm-hmm. and I was just like... I, I've beaten this game three times. I've spent well over a hundred hours in it, writing the guide. Like I've gone back over chapters several times to like get certain things. Like I'm really enjoying hard mode, but I just want to take a break. And I hopped back into persona five Royal. And for whatever reason, that time it clicked again. Mm-hmm. And I like got some new character showing up and that, and that sort of a thing. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I want like, that moment to happen for me, and we're so we're twenty three days away from the Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> and I just know like it's like it's never gonna happen. Yeah, 
or it won't it won't in the next four months because as soon as last of us comes out i'm just gonna loop that over and over again because what else something else is coming out as well right yeah so spongebob squarepants battle for bikini bottom <laughs> yeah that one. Uh, that one <laughs> but also ghost of tsushima is coming out uh, yes. relatively soon that's the one yes that is a brian that's barnett game it's a it's a sucker punch game. Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you expect? Yep. I was surprised they that, haven't steered me wrong yet. I was surprised at how much like Assassin's Creed that game looked. Like it, that's actually part of the reason I didn't dip into it because I have um Odyssey on Steam mm-hmm. and I like I downloaded it and then I'll, I started Wait, looking you at you don't have it on UPlay. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I might have it on UPlay. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I reminded you that that exists. Yeah. No. And then a, a uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, the state of play came out, and I was like, ah, shit. I should just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, checked it. Main story: Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 41 hours. Yeah. Main plus extra, 78 hours. Completionist, 126 hours. I only care about the left number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably mainline that unless I saw like something really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard people say that it's basically like Wonder Woman the game. Um, you know, if you play as Cassandra, which I'm not a monster, I'm playing as Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the male voice good, actor. Good way to put that. Sorry. I'm not a monster. I'll be I'm a not girl. a monster. But everybody loves her and I wanna see what I wanna see what the hubbub is about. Also, she got nominated for like uh like the the game awards for that performance mm-hmm. so like i'm obviously gonna check that's that out. cool yeah alongside i think uh the person who played senua in hellblade oh yeah and, she's who won uh it's like justin <sighs> something i forgot her name but yeah she, the yeah. the video editor <laughs> yeah. yeah video editor who like, also hey, you did be all in this the, game that's such yeah, a wild story as someone who's like really into voice acting like to the idea that someone who could be in a different field and have no real experience acting be a stand-in and be so good that they that they hire her and not only that that she can win awards for it is just yeah. it's so unbelievable it's amazing yeah yeah i absolutely love that yeah like and and it was awesome to see that get highlighted along with like her story and some other stuff at the game awards i was just like man this is like awesome mm-hmm. this is really cool and then, of course, like the guy who played Arthur Morgan, um, you know, and then other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Spider-Man. mixing my Spider Man. Spider Man was one. Uh, you what? Yuri Lowenthal, I think. Yes. Because yep. he recorded like He's... ninety different speeds Dude. of him swinging every Dude, bit of dialogue. That was so. When I saw that, I was like, "That is awesome." <laughs> that is awesome. Like he's yelling when he's swinging, uh-huh. but you know, ah, so good. Okay, what? So. I there was a, there was a, a a tweet that somebody put out which is hey what what game do you love that you feel like you are alone in loving and Christopher Shriver has heard me talk about Tetris Attack <laughs> for ages everybody over at Nintendo has heard me talk about Tetris Attack and I'm like the only person who's like this might be the greatest game ever made it's definitely in my top three. Uh, it's probably my favorite game on Super Nintendo, which also has the other big game, Super Metroid, that is like one of my favorites of all time. Uh, and let me tell you, boys, when I fired up 
panel de pawn on my ye old switch <laughs> on uh on that super nintendo um kind of app on there and played it <sighs> oh it feels good if, oh it feels good to damn. be back feels good to be back they won't port the actual game but they'll give me the japanese original version which you know what is just as good yeah so as long as you know how to navigate to the versus story mode <laughs> yeah i i don't yet but i'm working on oh, okay <laughs> i've memorized most of the menus but when i have a question i'm just like hmm part of this menu is in english and part of it is not <laughs> so so we'll translate like the app is extremely helpful in those situations yeah yeah that's how i got through uh, the persona dancing games in japanese <laughs> <laughs> So here's a question. So, as as someone who also loves Tetris Attack, but uh, mainly only loves it for for the the competitive battle aspect of it, uh, what what is it? Everything about Tetris Attack that you love, or is it like a specific mode that you find yourself going back to over and over again? Um, basically, it's just versus. Yeah, for me, it's, it's like versus. playing playing everyone uh-huh. like play, like going anytime there's like a family gathering because uh, my sister used uh, and i used to play it as kids a ton mm-hmm. like we would always be playing it and we would play it we would take the super nintendo on vacation and like we couldn't take that many carts with us so tetris attack was definitely one it was like tetris attack and super mario world probably mm-hmm. uh or super mario all-stars plus mario world because we were lucky enough to have that one <sighs> bless up uh but it would be to the point where like Kayla and I would be playing in this room and relatives would come in and be like, Oh, this looks interesting. And we would be like, sit down, like we're playing right now. (laughs) And I would play like my aunts and uncles and all that sort of stuff. And to this day, every time that my sister and I get together, we play at least a few rounds. Mm -hmm. And out of all of our kind of friends and family, my sister and I are still the two best. And I'm a little bit better than she is. (laughs) And it's just like, that's the thing. Like she, you know, she, and when I when I left for college, I actually gave her my Super Nintendo, um, and so she just kept going, and so she kind of got the edge up on me, and so I've had to I can't I can't rest on my laurels. I got to keep it going. <laughs> um, but then you know we introduced some new in laws to it, and it's just taken on a life of its own, uh, like a, a new life, um, which is awesome to see. Like people just be obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, versus all the way. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love the puzzle modes and like doing the combos in those sort of set patterns and things, but it's all about going as fast as you can at the highest level to crush the opposition. Like that's, oh, feels good. Yeah. What would you do if they dropped Tetris Attack 99 on the Switch? Oh, do you think that that would be a good thing? I might actually have to play that game forever because <laughs> real talk i never played tetris 99 because as much as as much as like i've played different like i i literally just bought tetris effect and i'm loving that but like i'm tetris is good i'm just gonna put that out there tetris is good not my favorite puzzle game because tetris attack exists sure sure yeah, like that's and that's just more i like the matching games more than like the line clear stuff so yeah. like Tetris 99, like, that was never going to be my thing. If Tetris yeah. Attack 99 comes out, it is game over. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, I and again, I love... Tetris Attack is also... It's it's hands down 
the the pound upon style of puzzle game, and it's been replicated in uh, several different games over the years. It's been like Planet Puzzle League, Planet Puzzle like League, Pokemon ones, Puzzle yeah. League. There's there was a yep. game called uh, what was it was a poker game. It was like uh, Poker Smash, I think it was called. That was a it was on like Xbox 360. Uh, I don't. I think the the developer went out of business. They actually had a Kickstarter for a for a, a new version of it, and they never delivered on it. Um, oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what's great about that style of game is that it kind of bottles up the excitement that you you feel when you're about to lose at Tetris, and it's just. That it's that excitement the whole time because you can you can control the stack you can control how yeah. high it is and if you're a you know a better player you want that stack high because you want to be able to to do more combos at the least more you want to have options it's got to yeah. be yeah. at least five tall yeah and so like it, it's this brilliant risk first reward style that just doesn't exist in like almost any other puzzle game I've ever played um, yeah and oh it's so it's good. So perfect. <laughs> It's so good. You play on hard, you get an additional shape. Like, it's just like, yes, yes. I, the blue inverted triangle, come on. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I tweeted about this also, but it's it's become my new evening ritual. And this used to be my yep. evening ritual with uh, Planet Puzzle League, but I would, I would go to bed, I would put, I would, uh, or I would sit in bed, I would set the, the verses difficulty to hard, and I would just say, okay, let's see if I can get through these 12, li- these 12 levels and uh, only lose like you know ten conti- ten conti- uh, ten lives or whatever, and then every day I would try to beat my record. <laughs> right now I'm at That's like awesome. six. Nice. Yeah, it's so. I'm gonna have That's to do that. That's a good way to round out the day. Yeah. Yeah. By getting your mind all amped up on those shapes, and then you're gonna have crazy <laughs> I think dreams. You just man. pass out. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. You run out of continues. You literally just lose consciousness immediately. Oh god. <laughs> it's like sword art. Yeah, no joke. Don't do that. <laughs> you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Speaking of great, Tetris Effect is also great. Yes. Tetris Effect is a very special game. My favorite way to play that, Tetris. That was the first game I ever played in VR at his house, actually. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I played that. I played the that Batman game, but Tetris Effect and Super Hot. Those were the ones. Oh, Super yeah. Hot, I think, those is my ones. favorite VR game. It's so freaking good. That's the that was the first one that I played that I was like, I understand this. Yeah, I get this. That was this the first is, one that I. It was like we were waiting on a snowstorm, and at the time I worked at a college, and we were like, and they they called it like we weren't gonna have work the next day, and uh, I was in there for like six hours and had no idea. And I like came out. It was completely my my <laughs> girlfriend at the time turned off all the lights in the apartment, and I took off the headset and was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like two a.m. I had no idea. No, the moment that's awesome. The moment where you're playing super hot VR, and the first time you see a bullet coming towards you, and you just move out of the way and just look at it as it passes by. Yep. Oh, I'm like, Neo. It's, it's like it's up there with like the first time you see Bowser in Super Mario 64. Yeah, it's just like that transcendent. Type of moment. <laughs> yeah. What? I, I never got that far because I didn't have a 64. Oh. <laughs> I'm like I, I'm like. That I was talk my trash like, on him God. for talking about yet another 3D uh, platformer. <laughs> no, no. No, I, mean, that was, I wouldn't do that about Mario 64. That Mario was the game 64. that did it for me. You know, it was like, yeah, 
you know, three-year-old Chris Shriver getting his mind blown out of his three brain. Three-year-old, ninety-six, Jesus God. baby, ninety-six. Jesus, God, I don't know why my parents. Infant. My parents were like, "He's three. He should get a Nintendo sixty-four controller all to himself." Because he wanted him to get brain cancer from the polygons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I tried to go back to that with Odd. I tried to go back to Mario Kart sixty-four because she remembered that as being like her favorite one, and we fired it up, and it was like no joke, like three seconds, and she was like, "Nope, yeah, yep, not doing this." And it's like, a, yeah, a lot of N sixty-four games are that way, unfortunately. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, Mario. Yeah. Like I remember the original Smash Brothers being like this, like, like divine experience, and it's like. Like Link's head looks like the freaking Star Fox ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's no good. Yeah, it, it's one of the reasons why you know I, I see a lot of people get excited about the idea of an N sixty four classic. I'm like, when was the last time you really played an N sixty four game? Because it's it's different. You- it's different than the SNES classic. Like those games hold up because of the fact that you know they were running on hardware and didn't really push the limits so much of what of what the super nintendo could do uh you know some games might have like Star Fox, obviously but most games were comfortable with with the power that they had because they were just 2d you know normal looking games uh the n64 tried to put tried to like push the boundary with almost every game that came out and the result is really rough frame rates really rough controls and yeah it's it's tough. Even if they you got, toss that into like an HD emulator, mm-hmm. now it's still like not. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, the textures are so bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is why, which is why, like, um, uh, like Ocarina of Time 3D is the way that people remember Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. but it's not the way it was. Yeah, yeah. I will like, say though, if you play that in like Citra on like a high end or like a gaming PC, but um, not that you probably need anything crazy to run it, but. Um, it does. Well, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like they did the really 3DS version? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would be fascinated if they come out with a, a Nintendo 64 Mini. Uh, I don't I don't know if I would get it, though. Like, I that's, don't think that's they, the thing. I don't think they will, um, especially if that Mario uh, 64, or that Mario, like, trilogy pack that everybody keeps r- talking about, like the rumor. Um if what that's like, real, was it Sunshine? And it's like then sixty-four what else? Sunshine and um, Galaxy. Yeah, jeez, that would be like those remade and on Switch. Whew. Yeah, especially because you'll never see me again. <laughs> especially because it's it's like I don't think uh, there's been any other way to play, especially Mario Sunshine, other than having a GameCube. Like it, it hasn't been not on, legally. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Because because uh, there was Mario sixty-four DS you know, which you could play and you even got extra characters and stuff like that. And then, uh, galaxy, you could play on Wii and then also Wii U. Yeah. The yeah. virtual console. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would be especially excited to play sunshine again because that's a game that, uh, you know, I, I liked, uh, when it, when it came out, but I don't really have very strong memories of it. Um, and just, yeah. I want to, I would love to refresh my memory of that game. I have like a few blips mm-hmm. of like, I, like I can see certain areas like very clearly, but other than that, like nothing. Yeah, I remember that game for that game. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I never and I never I like played um, over that game. And I never had a Wii, so I never played Galaxy either, mm-hmm. um, or Galaxy Two, which some people hold up as like being like the greatest Mario games. Yeah, that game um, has some super hard moments in it. I mean, I believe it. It's it's Mario. Yeah, 
Um, so Chris, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? So, um, Mitch, I, I apologize that, well, actually, no, Brian, I apologize. So, cause you're gonna have to listen to me talk about it. So <laughs> I, I like am obsessed with Naughty Dog yeah. and, um, have been My God. replaying like, <laughs> I've been, the goal this year is to get a platinum in every Naughty Dog game, um, from Uncharted to, uh, the last of us part two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been like going back and doing PS3 ones. Well, I did my last of us playthroughs and like did, did it on survivor. I'm still not sure if I'm going to do it on grounded. Um, but I was like living in the last, it's of a us totally like, different game. It is. It's a completely different experience. Um, but I was living in the last of us for like a solid month and a half. Oh God. And I went and turned it on the one day and Jess looked at me. and was just like, can you play? literally anything with color <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess i can i'll play something else so i actually started hold the, on let me play banjo kazooie yeah let me play banjo kazooie because you've never heard <laughs> a thousand times before um no so i actually uh started the spyro trilogy uh the other day close enough <laughs> yeah i mean well so like i never actually played them growing up um because oh I really I yeah either. like i we had a ps1 but um i did I think the only game that like I had was um because again I was very young at the time, um but it was Crash Two, um so I bought it a while ago. She played through them because she loves them, and I turn I like put it in and she was like, "No way, this is happening!" And like Saturday and Sunday that was so I got the platinum in the first one, um so I'm like probably a third of the way through the second one now. But that's been so, like all it's been lately. <coughs> so when uh when we moved to Singapore. That was like the first thing that we got. My my parents took me out and bought me a PlayStation 1. I didn't know it at the time, but it was a like modded PS1 and it was from like a side store. I should have known. <laughs> but I was a kid and when you're a kid you don't know anything. Um but it played both legit games and pirated games. Okay. So and you could buy the PS1 and then you would get 30 games with it for like $300 sing, which is not much. Um, and so Spyro games were in there. So my sister and I played those. We, we loved Spyro. Like that was, that was, that's the equivalent of like my, uh, that's my version of what you have for Banjo. It's like, that's this totally is totally fair. Very this similar is the 3D game. Platformer that I played. Yeah, run around now, just collect stuff. I remember them being good. <laughs> what do you think? Like, um, are, are they? I have not, I've literally not revisited them since 2002. I will say this remake is incredibly charming. Um, and we used to say, like, you know, whenever we would talk about ukulele, how like, that game yeah. had so much potential and like the, you know the charm of it and like it, but until, it's so almost but until there, Impossible but it was, Lair it like didn't capitalize on any of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spyro is it, it's you know this love letter to fans. Um, I think as a 3D platformer, it doesn't overstay at least the first one because I'm still in the second one. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, you get like seven. How long is it? It's like seven, eight hours, something like that. Okay. Um, and all it really is is you go into a world, you collect all the gems, you defeat some enemies, and then you bounce and like you save the dragons. 
Um, the loop of it is like, or not the loop, but like the, the interesting part is like, there are certain levels towards the end where you really have to make some crazy maneuvers and jumps to get to like the one last dragon, like in a world. Um, and that's probably the, the most exciting part of it, um, when you're playing it, but it is, it's like a, it's a feel good Sunday game, um, Mm. for sure. And and after playing that much of The Last of Us, it was very much needed. <laughs> I believe it. That sounds yeah. like an incredibly refreshing way to spend some time. Yeah. So after dealing with freaking clickers and bloaters and like all and that not sort getting of stuff. any ammo, like they don't give you shit in that game when you're playing on that high of a difficulty. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's been fun. Um. I'm I'm gonna try and get the other two platinums. Um. Before Last of Us comes out. Um, it's, it's not a lot of work. Um, you really, no, just, no it's like you play the game. You hundred percent the game. Like that's pretty much it. And then there's so like kinda a few like, little like missions that you have to do. So it's like, not quite as far as like the telltale games, but it's close. Yeah. It's pretty close. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I played my very first civilization game. Ooh, Civ six. Yes. What do you think? Uh, well, first thing I did was uh, I played through the tutorial, which I won handily. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but uh, watch oh, out—we got a badass over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I chose Cleopatra. They pitted me against Gilgamesh, and I won. Like they forced you to do like a like a military victory, mm-hmm. um, which is like pretty easy. Like they walk you through all the stuff. Um, and it's fascinating because I had stayed away from these games because, and actually favored, um, other kind of genre staples like Starcraft and Warcraft and these sorts of games, um, because fantasy and sci-fi are more interesting to me than like earth as a setting. Um, I mean, unless it's earth in the future, in which case I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, what new things will exist in the future? Like, <laughs> will there be flying cars or lightsabers or ray guns or teleportation? Like, that sort of a thing. Like, like XCOM is kind of interesting. It's set on Earth, but there's stuff there that you don't get to see in real life. And so I didn't really play these games um, because I was just like, oh, it's just like, it's just like living, but the society and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And... I think I did myself a pretty big disservice by staying away from it because the it, it now that I've played this um looking at things like Warcraft and Starcraft it seems like like they're just like a fourth of the game that Civ is because it's like oh yeah you could do a military victory and train up all these units and attack by sea or by land or by air or whatever or you could just make a library, you know, <laughs> you could do that. Or you could, you know, like convert a bunch of people to a religion. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different ways to win that I was just like, wow, that really like, because it's, it's as much as I get excited about fighting someone in Dragon Ball Fighters or like just stomping my sister into the ground and touch attack. <laughs> I'm actually not a very competitive person. I'm more of a cooperative person. And so it, it it's, it's 
that's I mean that's probably the reason why like with Warcraft and Starcraft I stayed primarily with single player and didn't actually venture into multiplayer except for Starcraft 2 I think I got into that but that was basically it. Um because like it just gets kind of stressful to me. Mm-hmm. And so having something that can be more contemplative that can give me more of here's just a space that you can exist in. And yeah, like I started as um, as Spain, and they kind of gear you up with your. I'm still in my first like actual game. Um, I'm like in the late Renaissance, mm-hmm. I guess now. Um, but they they put me up as Spain, which is kind of your abilities and your unique units are kind of geared towards having like a religious slash military victory. Like it's all about like expanding you know, your religious beliefs to other nations. But I, I think I kind of screwed that up and went towards military stuff early and then just ended up kind of being diplomatic and then trading with a lot of people. So I'm in like last place in every category except like military where I'm third. Um, but I'm just kind of really enjoying setting up trade routes with different, um, cities and just negotiating different deals with with you know the different sovereigns and stuff and it's so crazy to have a quote unquote strategy game be like this relaxing mm-hmm. but the music is really good you know it's it's the graphics are great it has some of the best hair in any game that i've seen Whoa. <laughs> like the characters are cartoon are cartoonish but like their hair reacts like pseudo realistically it's kind of wild hmm. like I feel like you're like you're it, selling me on playing Civ Six just to check out these hair physics. <laughs> like it's kind of like look at Gilgamesh and he's got like these long curls and this like really bushy beard that's like perfectly quaffed. Like he's a very good looking and like super swole guy. I feel but like, like Kotaku he moves did an his head and <laughs> he moves his head and his and his hair like like bends up like when he like on his pecs and I'm just like like who has hair physics that react like this? <laughs> And it's so crazy. Wait, what, what did you say? So, yeah, Kotaku has, um, it's it, it's not hair, but it says, Civilization Six has the most incredible animation. And then they just go through. It does. They provide examples, for, like, for each uh, world leader. It like, really does. The like, the, the, the German leader, like, his armor is gleaming, and he's got, like, this brilliant red hair. And like they make like these slide, like the, the the facial animations are really great. Like it's it's extremely impressive. Um, and oh Jesus, I just had a flashback to freaking. I just remembered that I played Red Alert, um, like as like another strategy game that I played, oh, Command yeah. and Conquer Red Alert. Oh man, uh, Red Alert Two and all that sort of stuff. But um, which also had great music. Um, my fifth, but my, yeah. my fifth grade teacher used to leave his computer open uh, in the in the classroom, and at lunch, people would be playing Red Alert on the computer, and that that was my That's first awesome. exposure <laughs> to that game. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, man, that was back in the day. Yeah, freaking Baldur's Gate two and Red Alert and Counter Strike and speaking of Baldur's Gate, did you see tomorrow? There's a uh, it's a big reveal. Doing right? some kind of announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Baldur's Gate three. Oh my god. Yeah, oh Larian. That's like Larian so, Studios so, tweeted it. Yeah. Mitch. Yep. Just so you know, my top three is Super Metroid, Baldur's Gate two, and Tetris. Wow, Attack. we went through all three of those in this one episode. <laughs> I can't believe Crazy. it. Crazy. 
I can't believe it, but we did. But those are my top three games of all time. Are those set in stone, or or did you just come up with that on the spot? Like no, they yeah, they've been set in. They're set in stone. Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the top three. That's pretty impressive that you hit each one today. I don't know which one is number one. Which one is number one changes depending on the day. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think those. I think those three games are perfection, Mm -hmm. uh, in their own way. Very different games. But two of them are available on Super Nintendo. So, you know. uh, but yeah, like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's it's so strange because as somebody who didn't really resonate with Divinity Original Sin 2. That was going to be my that, next like, question. I was going to ask, what, do you, what did you think of Divinity? I didn't really like it. Yeah? Like, what did you try playing it on? Um, I think I played the demo on, like, PS4 or something. Because um, that's like... or the, That's, the, that's got to be more of a stronger PC player base, right? I would think. Yeah, I, ha- I have it on PC now. Yes. Oh, okay. and, I, and I've tried to play it there. Um, I actually had, like... And granted, this, this was, like, at the height of my, like, I'm not putting up with anything that I don't want to put up with. But, like, I had, I had camera issues with it, like, really early on of, like, not being able to, like, change the... To, or like rotate the camera to be able to see things from different angles. So like certain puzzles early on were like obscured for me because the control scheme like wasn't clear. Um, especially when like, I think I played it, I played it first on console and like the, the, the actual like controller config kind of didn't make sense. And for a game like that, like I never want that. Like I played dragon age origins on Xbox one and like, or, uh, or, um, or uh, Inquisition mm-hmm. on Xbox One, and like I, I wouldn't recommend that. Like play those games on PC. Like that's you need to have the overhead view. Yeah, for real. Um, but and and I got a little bit further when I was playing um, Divinity Two on PC, but it just that level of granularity with combat isn't something that I need. And like that is the big selling point that people have with this game is like, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like you can literally do any, it's like the Skyrim of infinity engine games. Like you can pick up anything. You can just do stuff. You can lay down a barrel of oil and then shoot a fire spell at it and explodes, which is like so cool in theory, but like the execution of it just didn't feel good in my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever get how, into it, Mitch? Uh, I played a couple of, I, I I streamed it with a couple of friends uh, a couple of times, and it was fun. I've heard the co-op is like really good. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting thing though. Whenever I play co-op with people, I feel like I'm 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 making a trade-off. I'm making a trade-off of I'm gonna have more fun, but I'm also not gonna understand the story. Like that that's just yeah. a fact of life because you know. It's I'm playing with a bunch of people with different thoughts on you know wh- how they want to experience the story. A lot of people just want to play you know straight and do get, get to the game. Other people you know may want to watch the whole thing. And it's like you gotta find a, a middle ground. Um, I'm definitely the latter for sure. Yeah, like people, I'm sure people get annoyed with me playing through like Final Fantasy 14 or something like that, and I'm just like, hold on, shh, shh, I gotta watch this cutscene. Yeah, see right? <laughs> uh, I I. I there's like a part of my brain that's like, oh man, I'm I'm inconveniencing this person who wants to watch the story, or like you know, get yeah. the story. So I'm like, I, I just don't. I just make a decision like, if I'm playing this co-op, I'm playing it for fun, and I'm not gonna get the story. So mm. my experience playing Divinity Two was a little weird in that I know it's a very big story game, but I got none of the story. 
So my enjoyment of it was the chaos. I was, you mentioned about like, you know, the, the oil and using a fire spell. I was a fire mage. So I was just setting everything on fire. <laughs> like, and not even, sometimes not even on purpose. I just wouldn't think about it. I would send a fireball and like, oh, there was a barrel there. <laughs> All my friends are on fire. <laughs> so that was, yeah. that was fun in its own way. But I don't think it's, it's the usual fun that, that, the, that Larian is aiming for people to have while playing. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so fascinated. I I do think that Divinity did a good job from from the limited amount that I played, um, of like, I mean the game looks great, um, and it was made like a few years ago. Um, the the writing is good. The world building seems really good. Um, like the 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 scenarios are like engineered to. Hey, let's ease you into this system. It's unusual. It's not like what you've seen with other games of the sort. Um, and let's just kind of get you in there. Um, it was just kind of the moment to moment thing that, that didn't really resonate with me. Everything else I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of like choosing your different characters. What class do you want them to be? How, like I chose, um, I forget his name. I chose the skeleton guy and like people react to you differently based on how you look. Yeah. And like being able to really see that in like, let me switch like my like face mask to like a different race and, you know, see if I can, you know, get some sort of benefit out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I thought that was very interesting. It was, it was kind of what I thought Dragon Age Origins was going for, but didn't quite execute on as well. Um, of like the multiple kind of upbringings and multiple characters, but it, it really just ended up being kind of, oh, you played a different intro. And then beyond that, there was like limited things in certain areas that you would get. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the idea of like having having the uh, like the red lizard character who's like ex royalty and like the way that he looks down on people and the way that other people react to him. Yeah. Or you know, there's a famous singer and she's in there and the kids are all like paying attention to her and this sort of thing. Or then the person who like like me with the skeleton like wakes up and just doesn't know where the rest of your species is, mm-hmm. and like you know his search for his people and feeling ostracized and threatened by these quote unquote lesser beings and this sort of a thing. Um, it's just like, like all of that, like all of those are really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and, and obviously of the, the, the first trailer that we saw, like the, the cinematic trailer where the guy kind of, you know, um, is transformed into a mind flare. I was just like, okay, all right. Let's see what's going on here. Like th- there is a lot of promise here. And the fact that it's set in that world that I love so much and, you know, long after the events of, of, uh, of one and two, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm really interested. I, I am, I'm optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm cautiously optimistic necessarily. Uh, I am, I am, I guess, eager to see what they will do with it. Yeah. I'm I'm interested um, to see how they're going to differentiate it from from Divinity, because um, yeah, it is, I mean you have to imagine the combat's going to be different. Yeah, right. You have to imagine. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's not a type of game that I'm typically you know I, I typically jump at, but uh, I've over the last year or so I've gotten more into D and D and like that fantasy vibe. So this is probably going to be something that I at least dip a dip a toe into and not just, you know, play, play co-op on a stream and not care about the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's so crazy because I legitimately forgot that game was coming out. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it's. I mean, I feel like it's a ways away. I mean, I could be wrong. It but is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I, it, it, you would think with Baldur's Gate two being like my top three games of all time that like I would be more. It'd be on your radar a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think. And like I don't want to like be I don't want to be a downer, but like after the rise of Skywalker and like like a lot of things that I've loved have just kind of kicked not, you in the balls. <laughs> yeah, a little. And it just it just feels like there are so many ways that it could go wrong that I'm just gonna kind of wait and see. Yeah. Um. And and, and honestly, the, the humorous thing is is I don't know how much critical analysis is going to help me um because because like if you look at you know open critic or something divinity original sin 2 has like a freaking like 98 or something and it's just like i that just didn't resonate with me mm-hmm. and so it's like even if it comes out and people are like Baldur's gate 3 it's the it's the it's the it's the freaking second coming <laughs> you know or third coming i guess in this in this instance but like like i i don't know that that will actually mean anything until i get it in my hands um i'm i'm looking forward to it but it's like uh, it's not without reservations yeah um i feel like you have to do that with yeah i mean like you said that's how i feel about most most franchises that like if they've been going on for a while it's like cautious optimism i hope it's good i want it to be good for myself and everybody else that loves this thing but if it's bad then at least i have everything else that came before it yeah, and it's not—it's not or not for you. Always the say. case, it, you know. It's not always true that you can, you know, that that something that's brought back for you know. I mean, what what are you know some recent movies or, or things that have come back after an incredibly long time, you know, gone? Like there there are tons of things, uh, and and you know, look at I mean, say what you will, Ghostbusters came back to mixed critical reception, and then there are other things like. Dark Crystal Age of Resistance that's like, wow, this show is like extremely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they just brought something back that was old and like actually crushed it. And you always hope that that happens. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Not nothing that wrap? comes to my oh. mind. No. I think I think that's all I got. All right. Well, ladies and gents, thank you for joining us for uh, episode 145 of the platformers. Thank you so much for joining us. Mitchell, you are a champion. Uh, as I said earlier, Josh wishes he could be here, uh, and miss, he said he misses you. I miss Josh too. He is. Uh, he is boy. currently. He is currently not feeling super well because it is real hot where he is, and I think he might just have heat exhaustion. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if uh, if you have thoughts on anything we said in this or any previous episode, or you want to recommend topics of discussion, let us know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tribes93. And you can find me on Twitter, not Instagram, at Jurassic Rabbit. Uh, And Chris, when can the listeners check? uh, No? Okay. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) No idea because even now, I'm like looking at the clock, and at eleven o'clock, I have to start working again. Cheesy, yeah. crazy. So okay, well, we'll. It, we'll, it is uh, hard to uh, to produce things when you work 
a thousand hours a thousand a hours a week about between two jobs yeah <laughs> well uh ladies and gentlemen you will be able to hear our dark crystal uh watch along podcast soon ish ish <laughs> we'll let you once know I'm, once i'm done the album art that's all i have to do i have to do the album art and then we're, we're golden you can hear okay. the two of us and brandon hunt just talk about you talk know, about dark crystal talk about dark crystal baby and how much we love jim henson <laughs> yep okay uh yeah review us all on your podcast platform of choice uh, and if you have a good time uh, with the show, tell friends about it. Mitch, do you have anything that you would like to plug that you've been working on? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I just reviewed Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. You can check that out. I did a uh, really cool interview with Ed Boone on IGN.com where I talked about uh, the origin of the NetherRealm story mode and how that that style of story mode has kind of changed fighting games forever. Um and, uh, yeah, if you want to hang out, uh, I typically stream on Fridays over at twitch.tv slash Jurassic Rabbit with my buddy Phil, who is a voice actor. He is the voice of Giorno Giovanna in the new JoJo. So, yeah, come and, come and hang out and tell him how awesome he is. Nice. That's dope. That is dope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, with that said, from everybody here at the platformers, we hope you all have a wonderful week because until next time, we are out. Actually, let, let me check on the episode number real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost, I'm almost positive. I think I checked that it's 145. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I just checked the thing. Episode 144, Boomer Hentai. Yeah, <laughs> I saw. I was looking. I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, so that's the episode title that is preceding me." <laughs> yes. I have this no idea what, what I signed this up for. Be, I can't, I can't share this with my mama. <laughs> <laughs>